So welcome back to BioNexus Health podcast series. Today we'll be discussing traumatic brain injury, reactivated Lyme disease, new Lyme disease, mold biotoxin illness. We'll be speaking with Cindy from Arizona and Cindy is an absolutely amazing lady. She's been through so much in life. She has had a lot of medical complications. Cindy is one of the, one of the, the bravest, well-spoken, and a complete trooper when it comes to taking good care of herself, doing phenomenal research, getting the best of treatments and, you know, overall kind of hanging in there uh, because there is a lot of ups and downs that we all go through, right? All of us limeys and moldies, as people say. Um, so those of us with chronic Lyme disease, with the chronic inflammatory response syndrome, SIRS, or mold biotoxin illness. But um, well, there is um, a pretty happy ending. So I would uh, like to welcome uh, Cindy to today's podcast. And we are uh, very fortunate to have her um, on today's podcast and, you know, uh, sharing her remarkable journey with us today. Welcome to the BioNexus Health Podcast with Dr. Jodi A. Dashaw, who holds a PhD in integrative medicine, is board certified in integrative pediatrics, an internationally recognized pioneering clinician and author. And now here's your host of BioNexus Health Podcast, Dr. Jodi A. Dashaw. Hey, Cindy, how are you today? Good, how are you? Good, good, thanks. Fantastic journey. I mean, it's been arduous. It's been a very slow recovery that you've had, but you know, uh, you've stuck with it. You're just one of the uh, bravest people I've met. You're absolutely amazing. I think you know, as as your physician, I'm saying that. But uh, well, thank you. <laughs> Sometimes I don't feel that way, but yes, no. It's your your journey's been. I mean. Um, I believe you had mentioned that your first tick bite was when you were 11 years old. Yeah, like in 1979. Wow. Or no, yeah, 78. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And then the second one, I think, was in 2016. I'm guessing right around there. I was, I had never really narrowed it down, but I didn't get diagnosed until like 2019. Right. Like three years of doctors misdiagnosing me. Yes. I do remember you you mentioning that you uh, woke up with what you thought was a big fat beetle. Yeah, and I and I hit bed. it. I smashed it, and all this blood came out. And I'm like, why is there so much blood? I didn't know about ticks back then, and I was totally uneducated on them. So I wish I would have saved it and looked at it because I probably could have saved my own life if I did. So it was actually an engorged stick it which had been on you. And then, you know, it, it got so big because it finished its feeding and then it just dislodged itself. Mm -hmm. And it was and under it, my pillow. Like I'm making the own. bed and it was under my pillow. So I'm like, where the heck did that come from? And yeah, so I saw it, but I didn't know now, like today, if I see them, I grab them, put them in a jar and you know, look at it. Yes. Yes. Send them out to be tested and what have you, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, for four years... You had symptoms, but you were misdiagnosed with the uh, with what you know the traumatic brain injury. Well, 
So I had a lot of neurological symptoms. And so they were almost like trying to diagnose, well, obviously fibromyalgia because I had so much pain, but um, I was diagnosed with, you know, MS. They were right on the border of, of diagnosing me, but I didn't have any lesions on my brain, but I had all the same symptoms. I had my one leg was dropping and all kinds of things, but you know, it was, it was, then they also, you know, they had me on everything known to man, nine different pharmaceuticals, just to kind of mask everything. And Right. You know, that obviously wasn't the solution. Right. And you've been to some of the, the best clinics for MS, for brain injury, for, you know, you, you've been on uh, all the treatments, pharmaceuticals, diets, intravenous treatments, antibiotics, the works. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, really, when it comes down to it, when it boils down to it, the antibiotics saved my life right at that moment. But they didn't get me better all the way. All they did was bring me to a point where I could function again, you know, but never really completely got me to where I could, you know, live my life. Yes. I, I hear this uh, quite often, unfortunately, but that's how it goes with chronic Lyme that most of us get misdiagnosed. I mean, I, I got the same labels slapped on me, you know, yeah. it, it is chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, mm -hmm. depression, anxiety, postpartum. I had all those, every one of them. <laughs> Right, right. You know, and uh, these can often be symptoms of something underlying versus just being so-called syndromes all on their own. Well, I feel like Western medicine just treats sick care. They don't want to get you well. They just give, give you something to mask it and then call it good. Don't even try to find the source. Right, right. So, Until you have another relapse and, and then the whole thing starts all over again. Right. And I get you. So, um, what brought you to herbal medicine and BioNexus Health? Well, so when I went to the integrative place in Scottsdale, they did a lot of um, herbal stuff too. And they did, you know, Western and allopathic and all that together. And basically um, the integrative part of it wasn't big enough for me. Like there wasn't enough of it. And so after I had finished with that treatment, I, you know, wait, I, it was almost two years before I started with you but I started getting worse, progressively worse again. And so I started looking into other protocols and things, you know, I, I, cause I wanted to do a natural treatment because people were saying that works in the long run, doing plant-based stuff, taking it for a long period of time. And so I've had quite a few people that I made friends with that were Lyme patients say that they ended up going this route, plant-based herbal route after they did antibiotics because, you know, the antibiotics helped, but didn't get them where they wanted, you know, get in remission, I guess, is where um, my goal was. Right. When did you lose your uh, MS diagnosis? So when I did the um, IRAD Rocephin treatment, where they open up your blood brain barrier, yes. drop your blood sugar, and then that, a lot of my neurological symptoms went away. Like, But I still had the dizziness. The dizziness was the biggest thing that I hunted for 10 years. And, you know, I basically um, went to, you know, world-renowned doctors. Yes. They could never once even thought to ask me about Lyme disease or mold toxicity. Um, you know, they went in all these crazy directions that never, I never got anywhere with anything. And, you know, so that's when I felt like I was totally being mistreated by Western medicine because of that. Because if I would have been diagnosed sooner, I wouldn't have ended up with the pacemaker. So, and I feel like that is the end all for, you know, knowing that I've had chronic long-term Lyme for a long time and had a heart problem for four years and the antibiotics did not solve it because it was too late. 
I mean, I already had permanent damage apparently. So yes. Yeah. You know, um, IV rocephin helping you, it's, it's one of the early treatments that is used for tick-borne infections. So um, where, where did you? I didn't uh, know if you wanted me to, did you want me to mention the place that I went? Cause I didn't know if you wanted to. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> where so, did I? No, no, sorry. Uh, I was going to ask you, uh, where were you exposed to mold? So I bought a townhouse about 10 years ago and the house before I bought this one had mold in it and the house before that one had mold in it. Um, I knew I was aware both of them were, they were both rentals because I had been in the middle of my divorce and all that. And so they had, you know, halfway fixed the leaks and the mold and whatever and never really did it correctly. And then when I moved in this townhome, found out there was a roof leak and that there was mold in the attic. And so I was getting worse and worse when I was here the first you know, two years, I got the tick bite, the second tick bite here. And so, you know, I was being exposed to mold at the same time and the tick bite. And so I basically started my journey in 2017, took my breast implants out to try to help my immune system. Also to get rid of all the heavy metal toxicity from the breast implants and try not to feed all of everything that was, you know, all the bugs. And then, you know, 2018, my gallbladder, you know, Lyme disease took my gallbladder and then, you know, finally got diagnosed at the end and started getting treatment in 2019. In 2019, yes. You know, the, the thing with the mold exposure is chronic inflammation, as you know, right? Chronic inflammatory yeah. response syndrome. So uh, infections love inflammation. So people who think they are going into remission with chronic Lyme, they have relapses because infections will come right back up if there is still chronic systemic inflammation in the body. And, you know, it's important also to understand that mold illness, as well as Lyme disease, they affect multiple organ systems, just like we've seen with you. I mean, you know, uh, uh, when you had treatment that opened up the blood-brain barrier and, and uh, your uh, brain was treated from the infections, uh, additionally, you had your uh, you had your vertigo, you had your cardiac symptoms, POTS. Now, all of these ultimately, uh, you ended up with the with the pacemaker. But the pacemaker was a great addition because it really solved a, a lot of problems for you, didn't it? You 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 recently had had a pacemaker put in. Yeah, and I'll go back to the pacemaker conversation, but I just wanted to talk about right. the fact that they were saying I was getting early dementia. So that was one thing that was starting to happen just before I did the treatment. Like I was just, I totally couldn't remember anything. And I've always had a great memory and it was terrible at that point. And I kind of felt like I did. I was going and, you know, of course the bacteria in your brain makes you look like yes. you have it. Yes, it and does. You know, it, it, it almost sounds like medical gaslighting in, in a oh, way. Oh yeah, no, I totally felt that way. I still do to this day, just did, you know, a month ago with my pacemaker. So back to the pacemaker, um, you know, I didn't realize how many things were connected to that because, you know, I have had symptoms for four years. The cardiologist dismissed me, uh, basically said, oh, you seem like you're doing fine. And then finally I, I went back and I said, hey, I want you to test me. They put the halter monitor on five days of the halter monitor, found a hundred heart block episodes in those five days. A hundred heart block episodes. A hundred in five days. And Good. so um, I was having panic attack, cortisol release anxiety, feeling like panic in the, dur during the day when I was driving, I would wake up in the middle of the night feeling panicked. 
And since the pacemaker, all of my panic attack feelings and anxiety are gone. So I drove, I drove yesterday for like six hours all over the place, all over the city. And that was the first time I could actually really feel like I wasn't, I wouldn't get, I, anytime something close would happen, I would start to panic and um, feel like I kind of wasn't in control or whatever. So now with the pacemaker, it's changed. And you know, there's another huge thing that with the pacemaker, I was having tremendous headaches and I would wake up and like clamping headache in the back of my, my head, like my occipital region. And and really super fuzzy. And I would wake up in the middle of the night with those really bad headaches and feel super dizzy. Like I was drunk and hadn't even drank anything. And so those symptoms have completely subsided too, which I think is probably attributed to the fact that my heart rate was in the forties at night. Right. So I wasn't getting enough oxygen because they have it set at 60. They had it at 50 at first and I wasn't feeling much improvement from it. And then they set it at 60. And so it paces me the entire night. Okay. Like when I look at my sleep watch thing, yeah, it paces me for the whole eight hours. <laughs> so, what, uh, uh, so what, what challenges and what improvements did you see with herbal medicine? Well, you know, it's, um, I am a impatient person <laughs> <laughs> and I want things to happen quicker. And, you know, it, it seemed like I was so bad. And when you told me that we were dealing with like a lot, like a huge load, that I had to be more patient because I knew it was going to be slower because, you know, antibiotics like boom, they hit you and usually help you right at the moment, but not for long term. And so I, um, it was a matter of just being patient because I knew it was going to take time. But for the most part, the herxing was a little bit bad in the beginning and that, but uh, I think the treatment was pretty easy for the most part. Just a lot of counting drops. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, easy. Other, other than that, like I didn't have a bunch of side effects or anything. Great. And uh, what improvements did you see? What benefit? Well, I feel like when I started with you, I was not in remission and in any way, shape and form. Um, my gut was just a complete and absolute disaster. And um, I've had tremendous, now that I look back at things, my energy has gotten way, way better. Uh, the pacemaker took me all the way, I think, to where I needed to be 100%. But, you know, my stomach is way better. I um, have way less food allergies because I was just allergic to everything that I was trying to eat. So that's been huge. Uh, my headaches, because my headaches were the biggest thing, I think, when I first started seeing you. I had them constantly. And I only maybe get one once every couple of weeks now. How's your sleep? So, um, you know, that's, that's funny that you ask because it was getting better before the pacemaker, but not all the way better. And I still had some pretty crazy rough nights because I had central sleep apnea, which found out later on after the pacemaker that it was all caused by my AV block. So all my symptoms for the sleep apnea have gone away. And, you know, the biggest one was I would wake up, like I would wake myself up and then have panic and wake up in the middle of the night and not know why I was panicking. And so that that's huge. And so I think, you know, probably just the medication or just the plant-based stuff itself probably got me to like 60% better of sleeping. And then the pacemakers gotten me probably to like 85%. So with your sleep. Yeah, way, way better. And I'm only usually awake about an hour in the middle of the night instead of three hours because my stomach would keep me awake mm. in the middle of the night. Mm. That's great. Yeah. That's really yeah. good to hear. You know, yeah. um, 
people with the mold, chronic Lyme, have a, a lot of complaints of sleep apnea because we know that mycotoxins, mold toxins can target the lungs. We yeah. also know that uh, co-infections that come with Lyme disease like Babesia, they can target the lungs, right? We also know that parasites, which are opportunistic infections or you know, uh, additionally cystic form of Lyme. So yeah, uh, yeah these can all be factors uh, which, which can impact sleep apnea in, in patients with mold and Lyme. One of the other co-infections is mycoplasma pneumonia. And then uh, the, the one other thing that you mentioned was, was cardiac issues, you know, AV block uh, in your instance. And all of these are just, uh, are not even looked into. They're not, looking yeah. the, you have sleep apnea, here's a CPAP machine and that's it. I've told three of my friends recently to get tested for mycoplasma. They all have asthma because I have a friend that got treated for mycoplasma and her asthma went away. So right. I had it. My numbers were super low when they tested me though. And so they didn't treat me at the facility I was in. So, but Babesia, I had three, three strains of it, I believe. Yes. So it was kind of the beast, I think in the beginning. And then the Bartonella, I think it was, turns out more, it's a little more hardcore than the Borrelia for me anyways, because I had three strains of Bartonella too. Yes. Yeah. Three Babesia, three Bartonella. Mm -hmm. Yes. Bartonella. And three and Borrelias. So yeah. three strains of all of them, which is fully loaded. Yep. And then, you know, rickliosis, rickettsia, uh, Mount, Rocky Mountain spotted fever. I had every single bacteria you could possibly get from a tick bite. Yes. Yeah. I, you know, the, the first tick bite where you had the tick attached to your head, I believe you said, right? When you were Both of them were on my head, I believe. Cause I, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what having lots of hair does for you. So I always put my hair back in a ponytail and put a hat on anytime I'm going out in the forest ever again for the rest of my life because it makes it harder for them to get in your hair. Correct. So that's the life I'm living and long pants when I'm in the forest. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, you can still do whatever you want to do. I mean, you know, going out there, uh, going on hikes, going in the woods, taking walks, being in nature, you just have to exercise due caution. Same, you know, uh, with most of us, uh, you, you, you wear a hat or a cap and, and, and you don't sit under a tree, right? Right. <laughs> Cause I used to sit under trees for shade and I, I'm like thinking now I'm all like, I don't want to even want to go under a tree, but I have lost my fear of it a lot more because that's another thing since the pacemaker that I was very, and this, I think from the beginning of when you started treating me to now, I was very, very afraid of everything. And I was still in a huge fear and, and of, of just the unknown of getting reinfected and all that. And, and especially mold too, like that's a panic thing for me still. If I see mold somewhere that I am, I instantly tiny bit panic. But um, for the most part, I feel like that this treatment protocol has gotten me out of that whole feeling of fear. And so have you, since your mindset, you know, it's helped me realize that if I did get another tick bite, I'm not going to die from it because you know how to deal with it now. <laughs> exactly. Yes. No, you're not. That's true. You know, uh, many people feel empowered as we should, myself included, knowing that, you know, we don't need to go back to heavy duty pharmaceuticals and the, the side effects and what have you. If we ever get exposed to mold again or if, if we have a tick bite, you know, we have very powerful herbs at our disposal. 
uh, plant-based medicine seems to do the exact same job, you know, if not better, because uh, plant-based medicine goes deeper into the tissues and cells um, and it just clears everything out. You know, that's the reason why people have, sometimes people have heavier die-off or Herxheimer reactions from plant-based medicines, right? You know, I, I'll have people come to me, hey, you know, I've done IV therapy, this you know, I've, I've, I've done antibiotics for, for a couple of years now for my chronic Lyme. Uh, I've, I've done heavy pharmaceuticals for SIRS. So yeah, bring it on. You know, you're going to give me mm -hmm. a binder. Yeah. <laughs> give me a couple herbs. So, and then uh, two drops. And, and I have someone who is like six to 185, 200 Person. pounds. Like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm in bed. I can't move. So, so I have to tell you, I was on nine pharmaceuticals and I'm off every one of them. You're off so every one. Awesome. Every one of them. That's all I the take is hormones, part. hormones and thyroid medication. And those are all bioidentical. And so nothing else at all, which is amazing. Because I was on antidepressants, anti-anxiety, you know, uh, proton pump inhibitors. I mean, everything known to man that's terrible for you, I was on. Yeah, and we managed to get you off everything, just the uh, basic bioidenticals, which is okay, which of course, you know, yeah. is, is is a necessity uh, yeah. often for people with chronic Lyme and biotoxin illness as well. Good. Well, what what a few years you had. I'm, I'm glad you are where you are today, you know, at uh, feeling so much better. In yeah, and you know... I don't know if we even talked about how extreme I was because that's something that people should know. Like yes. they basically diagnosed me with late stage neuro Lyme disease, you know, and he basically told me that I had the highest count of pathogen count that he has had in any patient. And he was very, very perplexed as to why and how I was even functionally normal, functioning, walking, walking, functioning normally or any of that sort, because um, with somebody with such a high pathogen count, usually, and I, you know, I was 93 pounds and I was pretty close to death. Um, most people don't make it. They just give up because, you know, it's pretty brutal and I'm definitely a strong fighter. So I, I wasn't going to give up and I'm glad that I found you because I, I felt disappointed in the original treatment that, you know, I was so hopeful that I was going to get remission from that. And I kind of felt like I was in the beginning and then it came right back. Like, you know, probably six months. Yes. Yeah. Now your uh, mold labs numbers are down. I mean, you, you already knew that you had a, a lot of infections to deal with, which, which could, you know, uh, resurface at any time. And then we found more in your gut. Yeah. yeah. And you know, the other crazy thing, my mycotoxin test, we should talk about that. My original one, the, I think, is it mycophenoloic acid? was at 9,000. Yes. That's insane. Like the doctor was like, I've never seen a mycotoxin that high in my life. And he said, oh, that's the one they give to patients that to suppress their immune system when they get an organ transplant. My friend that just got an organ transplant's on that. So that was like probably the biggest problem of all suppressing my immune system and then letting it all take over. Yes. You had extremes in most of your labs, if not all. Yes, you, your numbers were very high. And, and you're right. It's very important to let people watching know this, that you know, with plant-based medicine, you can bring the numbers down. I see that all the time, Cindy. I'm glad you, you saw that as well uh, in yeah. our age groups. 
in all age groups. You know, I've uh, right now, currently the youngest I'm seeing is seven months from oh, wow. California. Yeah. The oldest I'm seeing is interestingly enough, 84 also, no, from Hawaii, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> the oldest patient. And, you know, um, every other age in between those two, um, we'll, we'll be having newborns soon. I, I have uh, one. Um, uh, that are born congenitally with it or with mom. Lyme disease or, or We are autism? hoping not. We are hoping okay. not. You know, she did uh, uh, start uh, preconception with me because her um, older son um, has the first child has autism. Okay. So she started. So we did everything we could, you know, genetics, MDHFR, balance her out, you know, detoxification, uh, identification of all triggers. So she went into her uh, uh, into her family planning pretty much clean. Yeah. So we're expecting, um, you know, a a lime and mold baby on the way and hopefully you know i'm hopeful that it's uh, the baby uh, he or she we don't know yet is going to be pretty clear of both because mom was pretty clear so that that would be interesting but i've had lime babies before where mom has you know started with me in the middle of the pregnancy pregnancy where we couldn't really do a whole lot with herbs because everything is informed consent at that time right mm-hmm. no one's going to touch you uh your, your immune system is beautiful uh, yeah. during pregnancy. It's rammed up. It's handling everything. But we have to be ready once the baby is delivered to make sure that the baby is fine. And, yeah. you know, once once the, the immune system comes back to normal, the, the mom can crash yeah. with Lyme again. So that is something that uh, I've, I've had to deal with, you know, several times with, uh, with clients. But I'm kind of used to that. And... Uh, we have been able to help moms. That's amazing. I'm glad you can actually catch it young because, or when they're young, so they don't end up in the situation like I was. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, extreme. You, you did. Yes. You know, from, uh, I wish it was caught, you know, you were given some kind of treatment even at 11 years of age. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, then, I don't really know how many bacteria I got from that. And if I passed it on I, to my children. I did get my my son tested and he tested positive for Babesia. So I know I transferred some stuff to him because I didn't have the second tick bite before I had him. So um, we treated him and he seems a lot better because he was having a lot of symptoms from it. So uh, a lot of anxiety and sweating and uh, he was having a lot of, um, he was not sleeping for when he was young from like 16 to 18, really bad insomnia. And so after we treated him, he's stopped his night sweats and he's sleeping way better so I you know I'm assuming they probably do have it and at some point you know they're going to need to be tested and hopefully it doesn't come to the surface too soon my daughter's 30 and my son's 26 so okay and they're both healthy at this point but other than the treatment for my son yeah fingers crossed you know they should be okay if, if they've uh, both been treated, but yes, you know, uh, it, it's important to educate them about mold to make sure that. that oh yeah. They're on. My daughter actually had um, her house part partially flooded. So I was all over the remediation company. I went there. I, I basically was the person directing the situation. You're going to cut the drywall here. You're going to do that. You're going to remove <laughs> that. You're going to scrub that. You're going to spray that. I did. I was basically the person directing the mold because I said, yeah, you can do it, but I'm going to be there. 
So, because um, my daughter is sensitive and her whole family, I'm sure, both my grandkids, because I have two copies of the HLA. I have two copies of the MTHFR. Yes. My daughter was tested. She has two copies of the MTHR. She has the worst one, the 1298C and the C, what is it? C677. She has both of those. So she has the worst one. I have two of the 1298s or something. So, yeah. But at least we're aware of that. And so they're on binders and stuff too, because they know now that they don't detoxify properly. Good, good. Yeah. Well, awesome. You know, I I hope and pray that your journey to wellness just uh, continues with an upward graph from now on. Yeah, and I I plan to be an advocate and and totally uh, you know, help people be aware of Lyme disease. So you know, isn't it Lyme Disease Awareness Month? I've been it making is. sure I tell one person every day about Lyme disease. I've been wearing this necklace every day. I put a Lyme disease awareness thing on my car. Oh, beautiful. And, yes. and so people ask me about it. So, ribbon. Um, but that's kind of, I'm trying to at least educate people. I educated my electrophysiologist, by the way, the other day, just so you know, he, um, I said, do you even know why I got the pacemaker? And he's like, well, you had bradycardia and heart block. And I go, what was it caused from? And then he said, well, I think in here I go, it's, does it even say Lyme disease anywhere in my record? And he goes, well, in this one part, I go, I want it in the main area and I would like you to start typing. So I had him type in Lyme disease and da, 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 and I explained the whole thing to him and I made him put it in my medical record. And then I said, you should educate. I brought him a pamphlet about Lyme carditis and said, you should educate everybody in this clinic about it. Because the one PA, she was the only one. And she said, oh yeah, rickliosis or rickettsia or however you say it, is it can cause that. She didn't even really know about Borrelia which is scary. Right. So, and then I told them about the whole Lyme carditis lawsuit thing of the kid in Massachusetts and that you guys should probably really, you know, research all that stuff and cover your butts. And, and so he was nice about it, but you could tell he didn't want to listen to me. Yes. People get very comfortable doing what they do, you know, day in and day out, pays the bills, maybe beyond paying the bills, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's it. They don't want to know more. They have blinders on, you know, they, they, they don't want to, take on any major organizations they're like ah, I'm, I'm fine doing what I'm doing yeah but yeah. how about you're supposed to be helping people and saving people's lives yes I basically brought my butt in there asked them to put the monitor on me and then said they said we might we would recommend a pacemaker is what they told me not you should really have one immediately because you could go to AV3 within weeks right because basically a Lyme patient can go from AV2 to AV3 almost yeah. immediately Yes, they can. I, I remember a 22-year-old uh, mom was a physical therapist and she brought her son to me and, you know, her son was uh, on the spectrum, but high functioning, pretty adamant. And the only reason why he uh, agreed to see me was because I, I had a son on the spectrum. Um, so that, that kind of, you know, he said, all right, she knows uh, what it's like, so I'll go see her. And we did um, we did uh, testing, we did labs, and it, it, I, I told uh, his mom that, that the heart is not looking good. You know, all, all the signs are pointing. I oh, would, wow. yeah, I, I would get a, um, uh, a scan, you know, right away. I, I would see a, a, a cardiologist right away. And they did. And apparently he was uh, less than a week away from needing emergency surgery for his heart. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, that's scary that it gets to that point where nobody sees it till then. Right. Because and mine, like my EKGs were normal. Yes, that's another thing. That's right. You know, EKGs were normal for him as well. It it yeah. was the echo that showed something. Yeah. And then they put you know, and then they monitored him uh, and then they, they ended up doing additional scans. Um, and that's when they said, you know, we, we need to get him into surgery. He's, he's touch and go any moment. And he was only 22 years old. Wow. But he had had a massive tick bite at seven years of age. And, and uh, it was like, oh, that's a dog tick. So oh, no. you, you don't have to worry about it. You know, Mine was a dog tick. Mine were both, my dog had a dog tick and mine was a okay. dog tick. Because I have not seen deer ticks in our neighborhood, but there are dog ticks and it was brown. So, mm. yeah, but yeah, my dog had a, one last summer from our backyard and it tested positive. I sent it to tick check and mm -hmm. we treated her. Yeah, sometimes dogs get treated better than people. You know, they get dewormed. They get de proper well, yeah. for Lyme. It's, yeah. Yeah, and, and how can they test it so easy? Like they just tested my dog, the one I rescued in Mexico, in Mexico with the Lyme test, along with a bunch of other things all together in this one test. Right. And I'm like, why can't they do that for us? Right. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, for humans, uh, Lyme They want to keep has... us sick. Oh, yes. <laughs> I just heard yesterday, well, you know, uh, I, I don't want to get into the powers that be, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, just yesterday, I heard that two... Uh, the most natural um, medicines for thyroid have been put on the shelf now. Oh, really? So only the heavy-duty, um, you know, pharmaceutical drugs could be used for um, people with thyroid problems. So, anyways, but that's I use compounded discussion. stuff from a compounded pharmacy. That is still possible. Yes. So yep, if that's you what have, I yeah, if you have a smart endocrinologist who who understands. Uh, bioidenticals and and you know is yeah. is able to use compounded stuff that's what I use as well you know yeah. we, we are lucky that way but yeah uh, um, common public you know regular people who are just uh, once again without looking at root causes uh, are, are just generally diagnosed with Hashimoto's with uh, yeah. right additional thyroid low thyroid hypo I mean I, these things don't just happen. Autoimmunity doesn't just happen. There is a root cause. Something causes it, yes. <laughs> right. Oh, you yeah. have MS. Like, yeah, but why? No, you just do. What does that even mean? Yeah, How did exactly. that happen? Why did my neurons go rogue? What mm -hmm. happened? I don't have a family history. What happened? You know, mm -hmm. uh, what do you mean I have depression, anxiety? I've, I've, I've been the brightest, bravest person my whole life as, a, you know, and uh, what does that even mean? How did that happen? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's bizarre what it does to your brain too, you know, cause you know, I, we were just talking the other day about Lyme rage and you know, that it puts you in a state where you're in fight and flight all the time. And so it's super easy to lose it super fast because you're already there. You just need something to trigger it. It's not like you have to build up. It's already built up. You just, you know, and that's one thing that's pretty much gone away a hundred percent for me. Your anger, aggression is down. I don't let anybody, anybody get me triggered anymore like I used to. So, which is amazing. Yeah. Wonderful. Especially in my uh, line of work because real estate can be a little stressful. 
Yeah. Little. <laughs> yeah, just a little. <laughs> well, well, you know, it was amazing having you here today. And I know it's going to help a lot of people. I mean, I've I've had um such positive feedback that, you know, I, I started with just as as almost as a public service because uh, so many families were asking me that, uh, you know, can you have other patients talk about their journey? And, you know, is it uh, is it even possible to heal using just herbs? I'm like, it's not just herbs, you know, it's mm. it's well, plant based medicine. We didn't talk about is that how you treat the entire body, like completely from top to bottom. And that's that's very rare. Most doctors don't even know how to do that. And so it all comes together and creates the situation I ended up in. Right. All of this whole body problems that I had created the situation I ended up in, not just the Lyme and that. It's, and so, you know, that's really important for people to understand that you have to treat the whole body because you'll never get there if you're just doing one thing or the other. And that's kind of what I felt like they did before. They didn't treat my whole body. Mm. Right. And then well, you you end up with the relapse. Yeah. And that doesn't happen. Yes. I, I learned this the hard way. You know, it took me seven and a half years to help my son. Yeah. Wow. You know, and I, I could have done that. I mean, I wasted four years, you know, with, with the various uh, specialists telling me that uh, there's no such thing as SIRS. There's no such thing as mold biotoxin illness. You know, it's, it's all hoopla. I, I had an appointment with Dr. Shoemaker for my son in 2011. And, you know, because of all these uh, things that I heard from other practitioners, like world-renowned, huge practitioners, specialists, um, I canceled that appointment. And I did not... Oh, uh, no. Yeah, I did not revisit for another four years. Oh, no. So I kind of put my situation off here and there, too. Uh, and, you know, it's it's pretty complicated to... I, like, I went to several world-renowned doctors for my vertigo. Because that vertigo was probably the number one worst symptom that I had out of mm. everything. Because I couldn't drive, I couldn't function, it makes you want to throw up. And so I went to several that were like world-renowned. And never once did it, any of them ever mention inflammation. Because, you know, the breast implants cause systemic inflammation. So I had that going on. And then the foreign object occupies your immune system too. So then it weakens your immune system. So nobody ever mentioned that either. And then... Not one of those 10 doctors ever said, hey, maybe we should test you for Lyme disease. Not one. Or mold toxicity. Because the Western medicine guys, like you said, they don't take the time to educate themselves on the newer stuff that is understood now. Like leaky gut, for instance. That's been around for a long time, but there was nobody treating it because nobody believed in it. Right. But everyone believes in just uh, suppressing the symptoms. You know, you have reflux. Well, it could be H. pylori. You know, it could be eosinophilic esophagitis. It's an itis. It's an inflammation. So you want to investigate that? No, here's some PPIs. You know, you, you, you can just go and destroy your stomach acid, which is essential for digestion. I took that proton pump inhibitor for 10 years. Yes. You, you want to know something interesting? When I removed my breast implants, I lost 20 pounds in two weeks. Oh, wow. Of inflammation. Right, from inflammation. And then, you know, like 20 symptoms went away too. I had 74 symptoms when I removed them. 
So I still had 50 some left after the backlash of everything yes. from the breast implants coming out. So, and you know, I had mold around my breast implant. I had saline. I don't know if we ever talked about that. That's probably where the whole mycophenolic acid came from. Came from. Um, the valve was leaking in the saline implant and letting it body fluid into the implant and then the water back out, 15 year old nasty water back into my body. So unimaginable unimaginable you know how a foreign object is supposed to form a capsule around it to protect you right well my left one had a capsule my right one had no capsule whatsoever it was paper thin they had the the, the Lyme disease and everything had been eating the tissue because they like the heavy metals and all that and so there was pathogens living around my implant for who knows how long because the, the fluid amount was way less in it than it was supposed to have in it so I'd been going on and I was going up and down in elevation all the time. So creating the pressure in the implant pressure differences. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I've had, you know, excluding you, I've had three other uh, patients with uh, implant issues. Yeah. Yes. Some, some symptoms similar, some different, but yes, very, uh, you know, uh, very toxic, high levels of uh, many, many different toxins, which can all trigger biotoxin illness. You know, there's like 18 heavy metals in the shell of a saline implant. And I was toxic in nine of them, like off the charts before I started chelation. And I did three rounds of chelation. That's very helpful too, because my lead numbers were off the chart. I owned an auto repair business forever. Um, and so my lead numbers were off the chart and we got my numbers down into where they're actually in a safe zone. Right now, surprising. Yeah. Well, because people say you can't do it. You can. Yes, you can. Yes, yes you can. And years and years of experience. I, I, I have, you know, little autistic children from developing countries, extremely high lead numbers. And all we use is plant-based. And do they and get it from lead-based paint or? Yeah, you know, developing yeah. countries, you know, they, yeah. there are various sources, right? Toys and men. And I don't think oh, yeah. there's, I don't know if there's lead paint so much anymore. Maybe there <laughs> is, I haven't, but, you know, toys and what have you. So I guess, yeah, in, in a way it, it is lead paint in the toys. Well, so, they stopped using lead-based paint on houses in 1978. When here, they realized. in the yeah, United States. I don't right. know if there's any kind of protocol in any other countries about it. Right, yeah, I'm not aware them. either. Yeah. I'm not aware either. You know, I, I have, um, yeah, many clients with, with high uh, lead and we've been able to bring it down. No problem. You know, you don't need to go in for intravenous, uh, uh, intravenous chelation or, or do crazy chelation protocols. The thing is, uh, you know, you need to understand what are the, um, you know, uh, collaborating toxins, which have to be dealt with at the same time as, as heavy metals. And it's not always collaborating toxins. It could be collaborating microbes, like with heavy metals, you know, uh, uh, one of the collaborating microbes could be yeast. It could be mold as well. Mm -hmm. So that has to be handled in the right way and almost at, at the same time, but you know, you, you, you have to keep that balance. That is where knowing a person's genetics and coming up with a customized protocol for each patient is the key. That yes. that's where, yeah. And then you you bring uh, all of these collaborating microbes and toxins, all of them down together, little by little, and then they stay down. Mm -hmm. Which that is totally makes sense. It it does, doesn't it? Yeah. That's why you need to be patient. You know, um, 
most people when they see infection they're like let's go now <laughs> what do i yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and you know i was i was never skeptical that it would not work because i had researched it for a while and i actually found you on a youtube video believe it or not all right okay yes ma'am i think it was a ted talk maybe did you do a ted talk okay uh, yeah a wave a while back i think yeah yeah, I've no, so I think that's talks, where I honestly, found you. Honestly, I don't even remember too well. Maybe, maybe TEDx, if I recall. Yeah, TEDx. Maybe not. I don't know, you know. But I'm glad you you found me on um, on YouTube. So now here you are. Yep, here I am and functioning pretty well. Beautiful. <laughs> well, thanks yes. once again. Thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome. So that was Cindy's story. It was very moving and I'm glad she was here today to share that with us. You know, I mean, for, for a long time, she was uh, going through so much. It, it, it was um, difficult for her to believe that she would, she would make it through. I think she always believed that though. Yeah. Yeah. Even though the doctor said, you know, um, we don't know if you're going to make it. There's uh heavy duty infections, but I think she always had faith. I'm glad she did because, you know, I'm glad I, I, I was able to meet her and I had the honor of um, helping her on her journey to the point where today she is uh, almost asymptomatic in, uh, in, in pretty decent remission at this point. Her treatment continues, you know, she's on a maintenance protocol right now. We don't need to, she doesn't need a, a full heavy duty one. Um, at present. Good. So I hope uh, Cindy's story has inspired a few of you listening. And that's it for this podcast. Be well, take good care of each other, keep smiling, always have faith. And I will see you at the next uh, episode of BioNexus Health Podcast. Namaste. Thank you for joining Master Herbalist Dr. Jody A. Dashaw, Director of the BioNexus Health Clinic and BioNexus Herbals, on the BioNexus Health Podcast, where we explore and share information and stories about recovering and healing from chronic and environmental illnesses such as mold biotoxin illness, Lyme disease, autism spectrum disorder, fatigue, Crohn's and colitis, mast cell activation syndrome, PANS, and more. Please help us grow our message by subscribing to our podcast channel and sharing the podcast on your social networks. For more information visit bionexushealth.com. Information within this video, audio, or text, collectively known as the podcast, has not been reviewed by the FDA. Nothing within the podcast is intended as or should be construed as medical advice. Information is for general informational and educational purposes only. Consumers of the podcast should consult with their healthcare practitioners for medical recommendations. Seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider. Do not disregard the advice of a healthcare provider based on any information from the podcast. The information within the podcast may contain information concerning dietary supplements or over-the-counter products that are not drugged. Our dietary supplement products are not intended for use as a means to cure, treat, prevent, diagnose, or mitigate any disease or other medical or abnormal condition.